This episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience and have more meaningful conversations, you're going to want to check out Poddex. Now, if you want to get 10% off your order right now, you can go to poddex.com and type in coupon code, what's the code? Larry21. Yes, that's the code. Check out poddex.com. Take your podcast to the next level. This episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience and have more meaningful conversations, you're going to want to check out Poddex. Now, if you want to get 10% off your order right now, you can go to poddex.com and type in coupon code, what's the code? Larry21. Yes, that's the code. Check out poddex.com. Take your podcast to the next level. Welcome to the Frozen Biscuit Show. I'm your host, Larry Lace. On today's episode, we dive into the latest headlines from around the Dallas Stars. But first, we'd like to thank our sponsor, GameTime, for sponsoring this episode. If you're looking for the best place to score Dallas Stars tickets or other tickets to other major events, check out GameTime today. Use the link in the description and help support the show. Now on to today's first topic. Last night was another one of those games where the hockey gods got in the way of a Dallas Stars win. John Gibson and the Anaheim Ducks shut out the Dallas Stars. Two to nothing at the Honda Center Wednesday night. You could tell that the Stars played the night before because everyone looked like zombies out on the ice. Let's take a look at what went wrong for the Stars on the road in Anaheim. Number three. Apologies for butchering these names wrong if I do. Johnny Hockenpah was terrible. He had probably one of his worst games in a Dallas Stars sweater last night in Anaheim. A deflection of his stick, which resulted in a Dallas goal, and the penalty he drew in the first led to the Stars' downfall. Luckily, it was pointed out on social media that his contract is so much easier to remove than Ryan Suter's. Hopefully, he goes back and looks at the game and learns from his mistakes. He could be a defenseman that gets moved at the deadline if last night's play continues. Tyler Seguin's line needs to be scrapped before Sunday's home game against the Florida Panthers. They have been a complete mess for the last couple of weeks. Even though Seguin didn't get screwed twice by the quick whistles of the refs last night, they need to switch it up. I would really like to see Frederick Olfeson get promoted up to Seguin's line. It could provide the jolt that's needed to get Seguin scoring again. And finally, tonight can't happen again. That was probably the worst effort I've ever seen the Stars give all season in the first period. If they want to win a Stanley Cup, they have to at least give it 110% against the worst teams in the league. You can't pick and choose which opponents you want to win against. Hopefully the Stars can turn the ship around for their next game. And now on to our next topic. 
There's a new view of trade deadline by Dallas Stars thanks to uh, the rise of Wyatt Johnston. Ever since the season started, discussion has always been about the Dallas Stars getting some help for their forward group, especially in the top six area. While I think they should focus on getting help on their defense as well, it's probably easier to envision general manager Jim Nill trading for a forward instead, just because of the current salary cap situation, as well as the fact that they've already traded for Nill's Lundqvist a few months ago. Also, maybe you noticed, but you need to dress twice as many forwards as defensemen, meaning they are easier to obtain. So with that, let's just focus on the forward group today, especially on the journey of finding the right solution for the right wing position on the second line, centered by Tyler Seguin, which hasn't been a successful one yet, to be fair, and the jury is out there if it ever will be. Bear with me. At the start of the season, the Stars coaching staff tried Ty D there as a complimentary piece to a Mason Marchment and Tyler Seguin pairing. The results were actually surprisingly good as that line was clicking from the get-go, but it did create an uneven scoring distribution between the top six and the bottom six. Maybe you've already forgot, but Jamie Benn especially was the struggling player to start the year, and only around the fifth game did his fortune start to turn. I'd credit that to gluing Ty Delandria on his line with Wyatt Johnston and creating an instant chemistry between the three of them. This was actually the point where the Stars started to juggle multiple right-wingers on that Seguin line without an overwhelming success. Denis Giryanov? Nah. Hockey-wise, he's not really been him throughout the whole season so far. I don't want to speculate what's behind this sudden personal leave of absence, so I just wish him and his family well and hope for a good comeback from his side, whenever that may, might be. Mataj Blumel? It was maybe too early for him to get that look in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, he definitely deserved it thanks to his rocket start in the AHL, and hey, crazier things have happened. But his impact is really minimal, and it's better for him to hone his craft a bit more in the AHL. The Stars even tried Radek Foxa in that top six role, which should tell you how desperate they were. That's why I've mulled over possible trade targets like Brock Bozer or even Patrick Kane. But ever since that period of time, I've been feeling a slight change of heart, and I don't think I'm alone here. It's all thanks to one young man. Wyatt Johnson, Johnston has been very good in his rookie season, and what it is probably the most important thing, he continues to improve over time as well. He started the season officially as the third-line center, and most of us have been living on a prayer at that time if he has the cojones and all to hang in there for the full season. After all, he's still a teenager. So far, he's been able to hold his own and much, much more. He already scored 10 goals in his young career, which consists of playing a mere 36 games and even played himself out of the World Juniors simply by being too good for the Stars to loan him to the stacked Canadian team. Now here's when I will cut right to the chase. Thanks to Wyatt Johnston, Dallas doesn't need to look for the top six forward solution at the trade deadline. At least not by default. Sure, go ahead and spend big money, create a positive domino effect on your depth chart, and claim this to be your go-for-it year. On the other hand, the price of doing that might just be out of reach for the Stars not to mention the implications of necessary cap maneuvering as well. When you read in between the lines of the actual line usage chart, you might see Wyatt Johnston slowly taking over Tyler Seguin as that second line anchor if it didn't happen already. Mostly, most recently, Seguin has been paired with Joel Kivaranta and Ty D. Wyatt Johnston was attached to Mason Marchment and the team captain, the second coming of Jamie Benn, a.k.a. the Benenstons.
Tell me which duo sound more appropriate to be deemed as top six, at least at the moment. The answer is clear, which leads me to believe that Wyatt Johnston is the top six solution to the Dallas Stars we're so eager to find. Don't get me wrong, Tyrell Seguin is still a great player. His recovery road from a serious injury was, and still probably is, very long and a tough one to chew over. Thanks to the rise of Rube Hintz, he was penciled as that perennial second-line center by default and probably no fault of his own. The fact that he was somewhat bumped from that position this earlier, and by a teenager no less, speaks more about Johnston's ability than Seguin's deficiencies. But it also involves a little bit of both, to be fair. Johnston has been more effective in entering the zone so far, an area in which Seguin also shined during his prime. The defensive comparison between the two goes in favor of Tyler Seguin, though. He still holds his own defensively, which is a good sign down the road for Dallas, especially come playoff time. Which is why the Dallas Stars' top six forward group can now officially involve the likes of Mason Marchment, the newest addition, and Wyatt Johnston, and maybe even more surprisingly, when you go back to the start of the season, Jamie Benn. Tyler Seguin has the potential to be elevated into the top six once again. When you look at his player card, you can argue that he could still be an option there, and he is. But thanks to the ascent of one Wyatt Johnston, the Stars have now created a positive domino effect in-house rather than going shopping outside. The positive effect leaves us with Tyler Seguin and Ty occupying the space on the third line, which isn't a bad third line foundation at all. Actually, quite the opposite. Right now, that left wing spot belongs to Joel Kivrianta. While he's not really a bad option, he's better suited for fourth line duties, or even more preferably with someone younger and cheaper from the Texas Stars pipeline. The options are certainly there, but let's keep this debate for another day. I'll just give you the warm regards from Riley Damiani, Marion Studenik, the duo Fredericks, Olfesson, and Karlstrom, or even somewhat forgotten Rhett Gardner. Not only do I believe they could handle the fort, they would also come at a much cheaper price than the Foxa Glendening duo. All in all, the price for an addition like Kirkfoot or a different play-driving middle six forward would be much lower than for the Patrick Kane's, Timo Mears, or Bo Hovertz of the world. Yeah, the impact isn't that great, but it's been proven over time that it's actually these minor deals at the trade deadline which put you over the top. While trying, trying an in-house option like Student Nick or Damiani is a possible ability as well. I believe this scenario might benefit you in a playoff run more. Kerfoot is actually a solid playoff performer too. In hell, if Kyle Dubas is asking for too much, maybe you can search for their bottom six answer in the house. We live in a world where the selling GMs are now the kings, and as a buyer, you really need to be aware of getting fleeced by paying too much for a rental. This season isn't the last opportunity for the stars to create a postseason hurrah on the crown tray. Thanks to the 2017 draft class, they've metamorphosed from one core to another without missing a beat. And we are slowly starting to see the effects of 2021 draft class, too. Why would you spend most of what you built and amassed at the draft table just to catch a lightning in a bottle once, if ever, when you can strive for a continuous greatness for multiple years to come? Especially when you already have a young stud and a proof of concept like Wyatt Johnston at your disposal.
And now on to the next topic. And no surprise to anybody, Joe Pavelski signs another extension. Any team in the NHL needs its veteran players to provide a plethora of experience to the next generation. The Stars have a supreme veteran extended for another year. Joe Pavelski is a longtime player who is the epitome of professionalism, class, and experience. The Stars get him for another year at $3.5 million. He's taking yet another pay cut to remain with the Stars. He's nearing 39 years old and is still producing on the regular. His time on the Stars deserves another dive into. Three years, $21 million. The Stars needed something after another Game 7 overtime loss in 2019. The front office looked for a spark offensively to provide a new touch of scoring. They found solace in a longtime San Jose Shark, Pevaleski. Some were concerned that the Stars would offer him $7 million per year for three years, starting at age 35. Concerns quickly evaporated as the veteran scorer proved that he could still play. He led the scoring throughout the run to the Stanley Cup Final and came close, two wins away from his first title again. His second season was better than the first, recording 51 points in 56 games, leading the team in that category alongside most goals. His final season in the contract paved the way for two new future stars of the team. He leads the top line in the 2021-22 season alongside Rube Hintz and Jason Robertson. His 54 assists helped him become number one on the team with 81 points in 82 games. The fact that he played all 82 games in a season at his age is astounding. Robertson scored 41 goals that season, partly due to the leadership of Pavleski. He is a team player of paramount importance going into this season. He took a pay cut while extending his contract one more year for the 2022-23 season. He is still keeping up his touch with 38 points in 40 games. This number is not bad for someone at age 38. He is third in points production for the 23-11-6 Stars team. And he recently signed another one-year extension through the 23-24 season. Next year, he will play with the Stars at age 39. He signed a one-year, $3.5 million extension. At this point, there are no concerns about his production slowing down since he is still top three on the team. The Hintz-Robertson-Pavleski line still leads the team in scoring, so his veteran leadership is noticed. He will spend five years playing with the Stars, looking for that elusive Stanley Cup championship. The Stars seem like a team out on a mission this year. He deserves a Stanley Cup ring. Seeing him raise that Stanley Cup above his head in a Stars uniform will be something else. The Stars have a long way to go until that happens, but he will lead this team with his veteran leadership over the next two seasons. The upcoming season will be his 18th in the NHL. Let us know your thoughts on the topics we cover in the comment section below. And as always, give us a thumbs up if you like our videos. Subscribe to the channel and hit that bell notification button to be notified of future videos. And as always, thank you so much for watching and listening. And now on to our next topic. Oops. The Dallas Stars Year in Review. 2023 is approaching and with it, or I should say has arrived, and with it comes the 30th anniversary of the year the Stars moved to Dallas. Even though there are still two games, or as of this episode, we've arrived in 2023. The Stars are currently 8th best in points percentage in the two half seasons that made up the 2022 year. And they've, the Stars have made some memories, some good, some bad. 
As the year ended, the 2023 stars have a bright future. And now we're going to take a look at the stars in review. So let's get the worst memory of the year over with. The stars went into the 2022 Stanley Cup playoffs as a wildcard team against the heavily favored Calgary Flames. Jake Odinger backstopped the stars against a relentless onslaught from the Flames. And the stars suffered a soul-crushing defeat in overtime of Game 7. Their playoff run was only seven games, but they were one shot away from the next round. The Stars have higher hopes for the playoffs in 2023. There's lots of memorable performances from Stars players that filled the year, but one player stood out the most. Jason Robertson is the future of this franchise, scoring 55 goals and 105 points in 87 games, while only being 23 is mind-boggling. Every Stars fan is excited about what he can do in 2023. He already has 24 goals and 27 assists this season alone. The future for this team is bright, and he leads the way. Stars fans have high hopes for this season after this incredible start. They've entered January 1st as the leaders of the Central Division. Division Champions is not a title that they are used to, having only won since 2006. The Stars have the potential to go far this year. This is not something expected, but this Stars team has what it takes to finish with the best record in the Western Conference. The President's Trophy might be a little out of reach because the Boston Bruins are 28-4-3 with an 8.43 points percentage. They are long past due for a Stanley Cup, but that is 2022 for the Stars. A good year, but 2023 can be even better. Let us know your thoughts in the comment section below. As always, thank you so much for watching and listening. We will see you next time. This has been the Frozen Biscuit Show with your host, Larry Lease. Join us next week as we dive into even more Dallas Stars news. Don't forget to find us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search Frozen Biscuit Show.